Hi everyone, so Dave and Catherine are here for sort of a bit of a new segment that we have of From the Rack News, kind of just trying to summarize what's notable, newsworthy that we think you should probably know about in case you missed it, either for our fantasy games or just sort of interest in the elite CrossFit sphere of things. Yeah, we follow all the accounts so you don't have to. You can just come here and uh, get all the news. Kind of our goal. So the first thing as Rogue is coming up, um, Jacqueline Dahlstrom and Chandler Smith both had some sort of cryptic Instagram post. Chandler Smith was in hospital bed and Jacqueline Dahlstrom had a minor something done on her leg. She was working out with a compression sort of stocking on. So no additional news on what either of those are, but something to consider when you are picking your fantasy team at fantasyfantasy.com or Rogue. Yeah, it, I don't know. Again, it's one of those things that in terms of following the sport and covering the sport that always seems to catch everybody's surprise is this injury news. Like, um, It's unfortunate that, that they need to do it, but it's also the off-season, which is when you get little minor procedures to clear things up. But, you know, heading into competitions, it's it's tough to see that uh, the athletes may or may not be at their highest level of competition from a, a fan perspective. It's certainly seeing this or, um, you know, thinking back to Haley Adams at the 2020 games where she you know, had the severely sprained ankle going into it. It always makes you wonder, it's like, oh, why isn't this athlete competing at the, the top level of their game? Um, well, it's because that, Injury news isn't disclosed at all, um, which you would see kind of in a NFL or NHL or, you know, a major sport. There's always, you know, injury injury updates to see there. So um, it makes it tough from a competition standpoint to, to follow there when things are, yeah, not always presented. So cheers on them for presenting them. Hope their the recovery is quick and they're able to compete at 100% or as close to 100% as rogue as they can. Um, it's just maybe something to... The CrossFit HQ and these other major events and uh, take a look at going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Injury disclosure is something that only comes in sort of, I guess, team sports, not really individual sports in terms yeah. of player associations and things. But yeah, for now, we've got Instagram, cryptic yeah. Instagram. <laughs> and then another sort of definitely newsworthy bit is Noah Olson posted that this 2023 season is could possibly be his last season as an individual athlete, which is big news. Yeah, I think all of Noah Olsen's been a you know, mainstay in the sport for, what was it? I think this will be his 10th year, assuming he qualifies, um, as we see there. So, again, it's, you know, Olsen, Olsen, all the best. He's always um, super fun to watch at the games. Um, just I think this kind of just the the leading edge of the the changing of the guard for kind of the the older group of individuals, especially on the men's side. So um, I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if no, there's more people than Noel Olson who are are regulars on the CrossFit game scene who have 2023 as their last year as an individual. Yeah, I think Tim Paulson may have shared something inkling that this might be his last season too, but there's a number of them that are all up there. Yeah. And there's a bunch of young guys like Sprague and that, that are 
pushing to take those spots away. So they've got some competition to keep their games athlete title active. And with the team side becoming more interesting, there is really a chance that more people do what Rich did. And I feel like Noel Olson would have a blast on a team. He had a blast at Waterpalooza on a team. So why not? Like go team for another five years and extend your CrossFit career out. And then the team side would also just be brought up even more as it has this season. Yeah, he definitely definitely stressed that it was individual competition uh, in his post. So we'll see what happens there. And I guess on Tim Paulson, he also mentioned last year heading into the games that he just wanted to give one final run to, you know, be all in. So um, winning things is hard. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, Tim Paulson's also a favorite of ours. So he can keep going as long as he wants. And we'll be happy. Yeah. And, you know, he also released that she was retiring and then not retiring. Yeah. So, you know, it's not always a clean break. So we'll see what happens. But good luck to Noah and anyone that's thinking it's their last season as an individual. We love watching you compete. So thank you. Okay, next in the news front is Dubai Fitness Championship. Becoming not a CrossFit licensed event anymore. I personally don't know what being a CrossFit licensed event entails. Um, And these are businesses. If it's a cost to the business that isn't producing any returns, I think that's fair to cut costs given the landscape of people not having enough money and not being able to pay things and stuff like making smart business decisions isn't a bad idea. Yeah, I I don't see what the impact will be or see it being a big deal. Like Dubai is a well-known and established event. So if they have to pay, you know, $5,000 to be a, a licensed event or whatever it may be, if they can, you know, put that into the athlete purse and, that sounds good to me. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting to know what being a CrossFit affiliated event is if it's simply just being able to call yourself a, a CrossFit competition versus a fitness competition. Um, it'd be interesting to, to find out, but yeah, I don't, I don't think anything changes from the event itself, though. Yeah, no, Dubai was around before it became a sanctional and then the CrossFit Championship off season event, and it will be around afterwards as well it's not going to go anywhere um just kind of i've been playing with sort of who's going looking at the dubai qualifier and stuff and to just like random stats that i think are fun and that i found that we'll do way more on dubai after when we're getting ready to kick that game off but 29 of 40 athletes that have qualified for dubai are past games athletes Cause you look at the leaderboard and it's not always like all the big names that we're used to seeing, especially on the women's side, but t- like three quarters of them have been to the games. And then a few more have been on like the team side of thing multiple times. There's a few that are two, t- two time team games athletes. So they've got some weight, even if you don't recognize the names, they're names that you should learn about. And we've got athlete profiles on all of them. <laughs> so yeah. go to fantasy fitnessing and look up and see who's done what, because we have some off season events and stuff like Madrid and that, that shows like them competing at the elite level that maybe they just haven't hit the games in their season. 
but that doesn't mean that they can't hang either. And then another thing as I was looking through is there's actually 21 different countries that are going to be represented at Dubai. Like from Chile and Guatemala. Like it's a big international event, which is awesome. That's great. Yeah, it definitely brings in people from everywhere. It certainly is a a destination type of event as well um, for a lot of people. I think it is interesting to see the diversity of the competition this year as opposed to last year. Like there is certainly a lot more, you know, big names on both sides that attended last year uh, versus this year. I don't know if that is simply because they didn't send out invites or forced everybody to go through the qualifier. People are just kind of tapped out um, at this point. So, um, but it is interesting to see that I think what Ricky Gerard's the only guy on the man's side that's going to be, or from last year, who will be back this year. Um, oh, no, I guess Lazar Ducic is also back. So um, interesting to see there. And then I guess on the women's side, um, to see Emily Rolf come back um, after she left uh, the CrossFit Games with um, whatever the arm surgery she had. Um, to see her come back blood, after. Blood clots yeah. in her arm? Yeah. So to see her come back after, you know, less than four months, I guess, I guess that less than three months from the games by the time the qualifier happened. So um, it's good to see her her back. And you know, she was sixth last year at the game. So um, depending on how it goes, could be see her um, push for a podium. And then you know, seeing Jamie Simmons back in the event as well should be fun. Um, she's always competed well at Dubai. Yeah, for sure. It should be a fun one. So. First weekend in December. Yes. Put on your calendars. We will also be running a game for that. So, and I believe Instagram, their website, I believe, still has out of date dates. So it it has the old dates on it, but they also say 2021, right. where they say the date. So, yeah, I'm sure once they get like invites and things going, they'll get that all updated. But yes, it's first weekend in December. Okay, on to the big updates that came from CrossFit. A, I love that it came from CrossFit. I love all the media that's come out around it, all the imagery, posts, emails. Love it. A, A plus communication quality. And yeah, so I guess the sort of big things, sort of standard things is open still three weeks. Cool. That works. Yeah. Um, athletes will have to commit to whether they're going team or individual at semis because you can't compete at a team and as an individual at a semifinal weekend. You can be an alternate on a team. So if you don't make it through your semi, you can be an alternate. Um, like, I guess, if you don't make it to the games from your semi and your team makes it to the games, you can be an alternate on a team. So. That's one way to sort of play both sides. But you do need, the athletes will need to choose, which I think makes sense. I think that's a point in the season that is logical to commit. Um, standardized programming, the whole season should be programmed as a whole by the same people. To me, that also seems logical. That's how they used to do it. So now they're doing it again. And then, um, 
sort of the more interesting pieces is that last chance qualifier is gone and they're going to be looking at like field strength. We've spent some time trying to sort of make like a combined full ranking of athletes based on field strength of their off season competitions, in season competitions, all that jazz. And it's really hard because CrossFit is kind of performance at the moment that you're doing it. Past performance doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like there's so many injuries that we don't know of. There's so much that like, yeah, Tia might be there, but if she's injured when she's there, she's not bringing up the strength of the field. The fact that she's one of the greatest to do it doesn't mean she's, at the top of her game at that um, semifinal. So part of me thinks it's a bit problematic because of the way the sport just is. Yeah. I I don't know. I I find out of all the things that they've done, this one to me is kind of the head scratcher. Like they have standardized tests, like, everybody is doing the same test. So why they're not just picking the next two people off the um, worldwide leaderboard. Um, I know it just seems odd. Like you just like, this is just a gimme um, of a decision. Like it's not up for interpretation. It's not questionable. It's like, look, like worldwide leaderboard, this was the top person who didn't qualify. This person's going to the games um, in terms of field strength. Like it's, I don't know. We, we went through many iterations of this in terms of trying to calculate it. And it just, every time I do, there's always like these anomalies that you would be like, well, like, you know, I think probably our, for our first handful is like, well, Justin Medeiros was, you know, the fittest on earth, but he's not the top, top guy in our rankings because he finished third in a semifinal and, you know, hadn't really done anything else before that. But, He's also the reigning fittest person on earth last year at this time. So it's like, well, how do we, how do we incorporate that? And then, yeah, like in terms of field strength and then especially things like the opens, it's like, well, how do you rank the open now when the open doesn't matter for people? Like, I don't know, like Fikowski was 3000 and something last year in the open. Like, does he, you know, tank his semifinal because his open finish was so low. So, um, you know, out of all the things, this one kind of seems like the, you know, I kind of missed it, I guess, at first take. But, you know, who knows? Like, they, they might have a whole bunch of data engineers and, you know, AI people who can calculate this better than the, the time that we put into it. But it just, uh, it's just open for is, interpretation. Like your example of Madero's, no matter what sort of data analyst, nobody would have guessed Madero's to yeah. be the like now two-time fittest man on earth there was no data that would lead anyone to um to that conclusion like all right maybe there's some ai out there that can just really guess things but and nobody knows who's hurt there's no quantifiable like way of calculating who's injured that affects the strength yeah i like that they're trying to build in the flexibility because they're getting a lot of heat because europe should have more on the women's side oceana all that but 
like build in the flexibility, but don't make it a judgment call. Don't make it something that someone has to math out that if you math out this way, you get this. If you math out that way, you get that. It's standardized programming. Make a worldwide leaderboard and pick whoever's next. A hundred percent. It's easy. No, nobody can say anything. Yeah. And yeah, especially... maybe, maybe the European women and Oceania, maybe they won't get the spots. Like you just don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anybody can put together a formula that can skew things one way or another. So, um, we'll have to wait and see, but like, if they don't, if they don't publicize it beforehand, it's going to be difficult to tell if, um, and then if there is a questionable person because whatever they weighted quarterfinals heavier than the games last year, or, you know, however they approach it. And, you know, if there's somebody who makes it versus probably a, somebody else, like it's just, it's going to be a thing because everything's a thing yeah. in CrossFit. Yeah. They're opening it up to be a thing. That's yeah. what they're doing. So, yeah. I like I'm kind of happy last chance qualifier is gone, but like standardized tests just take the next couple athletes, no matter where they're from. Yeah. So because you could have like an athlete at Asia that's really good, but the field strength is not that good. Like it just it's individual performance. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah. No, mash it together. Pull the next people off the leaderboard. Done. And then the next, I guess big thing is the semifinal sort of changing Europe's all one semi and then North America is now two East and West to me, again, given the landscape of semifinals, not making money and different events, not making money, have bigger events. If you're doing all this setup and paying for the equipment for 10 lanes, run more heats through those lanes. Like, why not? So I think it's yeah. smart. Yeah, I think so. And I guess, like, the the North American one, I think Europe, or at least the, the North American ones, will be run by CrossFit as well. So yeah, um, it isn't them. going to be a, a third party that needs to jump in and, you know, run the event and go. So, you know, I like it. I think, you know, it just, again, eliminates stuff. Again, they had questionable rankings going into semifinals last year, which... Um, caused a, a stir. So now it's just that, like, you know, at the time of open where you're going. Um, so there, like it, it problem solved. Like, I think there's, you know, people who are, you know, complaining about both sides of things. It's like last year is just like, well, how can you ask somebody to go to Canada? That's absurd. It's like five weeks away. Like, how can that be possible? And now it's like, well, you know, people are, how can you like put all the good teams in one conference? Cause it's the East. Like it's, kind of like come on guys like it's one way or the other so um now it's set like it's sports so i'm kind of happy to see like you'll just know and whatever if you're in the east that kind of sucks but it's also crossfit and people move across the country all the time to go to a different gym so like if making it to the games is everything that you know kind of the, the life goal for you and moving from tennessee to vegas is going to do it for you then like do it so um, but there will always be stronger and weaker divisions. Like, what is it in? Like, li- like literally every professional sport. Yeah. Like, NFL, 
AFC, NFC, baseball, American League, National League. Like, there's divisions, there's conferences, there's all of that, and some are stronger, some are weaker. The cool thing is when your favorite athletes are in each of them, just use that, complain about it. That's sports. (laughs) That's, like, kind of half the fun of it. So the fact that it's clear, it's upfront, people know where they're going, especially for, like, travel plans and stuff. Yeah. Like, they can book their stuff as soon as whatever they release, like, the locations of those. And then you can have it locked down. Make sure you have cancellation if you don't make it. But, like, the top athletes know that they're going. So they can book it. They can be ahead of it. Their ducks can be in a row. Like, there's no scrambling. So I love that it's clear. It's out there. And now it's just a bit more like normal sports. Yeah. It's set in stone. As time goes on, some divisions will be stronger, some divisions will be weaker, but like whatever. Like, at the same time, like that sports, um, you just need to do what it takes to get there, and just you kind of just got to deal with it in terms of like persevering, like you know, making everything perfectly fair. Like I don't know, it just also just takes some of the fun out of it. It's just like okay, like we'll set it up. Like it's almost turning into like an all-star game. Where it's like okay. Tell us the 40 athletes you want to attend and whoever gets the most votes is going to make it. Like, come on, like, in sports, yeah. do the workouts, let's go. Well, it's sports, but then CrossFit even has the flexibility of those extra last couple yeah. spots to help make it more fair for people that are in more competitive fields, however they're going to do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. To me, all of this is clear. It's early. It's well communicated. We know the rule book is coming out in like a month. That's going to have like the actual specifics of everything. Um, everyone's always like professionalize the sport. This is a step in the right direction. Yeah, I think. No, I agree, and I like I like the the standardization as well. Like it's on the fence going into last year, but like two semifinals last year had swim events, so it's like you know. Eight of them, you could literally not swim and qualify for the CrossFit Games, but the other two, you would have been disqualified because you can't swim. Like, it just, it seems like such a, a simple thing to do. Like, I think whatever is the Asia Invitational or Asia Championships last year, like, they had three events with the barbell snatch. It's like, well, there's six events. Like, it's just um, a little unnecessary there. So, like, standardize it, make sure everybody has the right level of the right skill set to make it to the games and then you can build on it from the games. So it's not, um, you know, seeing something that's a repeat, like whatever it was two years ago and, you know, half the semifinals had a one rep max snatch event. And then the Saturday night event at the games was a one rep max snatch event. So now um, it'll be standardized. We'll be able to see them through, see people compete. Um, makes it a bit easier to gauge, you know, where people sit going from a strength perspective into the finals. But also make sure that everybody there is going to be able to do everything um, at that standpoint. So you're not going to just, you know, have somebody get to the, you know, the CrossFit games and have some massive holes because they just weren't tested. Yeah. And I think it'll make it easier for the other um, semifinals that aren't being run by CrossFit. It'll be standardized for them too. It takes like, Guess workout. I guess in a way it puts more pressure on because they have to be able to facilitate what is programmed. But I would like to hope that CrossFit is working with their semifinal 
um, event organizers like they have in the past and that they'll make sure that what is in the test can be tested. Yeah. Again, a little communication. That's not super tough to do. So yeah, it'll be tough. Like, I guess the only downside to that was like Torian pro has been awesome the past couple of years, like hands down the most exciting semifinal partially due to field partially due to the actual programming and events that are in there. So like, that's always been super fun to watch, but, um, I guess that, that'll be a bit of a challenge that from that standpoint. But, um, and I guess like on the other side, like maybe having consolidated semifinals in Europe and North America, at least more specifically North America, fans might actually show up to them. Like you see, you know, whatever Torian events in Europe, like whatever, even some of the other ones, like there are fans and it was exciting to go through. And then you go, you know, see whatever the syndicate or Mac last year is, you know, a quarter full basketball stadium. Like not really the atmosphere you want for one of the premier events um, of the, of the sport. Yeah. Just saturation of elite athletes versus like splitting them all across that. Like each of them kind of had five to seven yeah. in a field of 20. Whereas now there's going to be 15 ish of them that like that's a heat and a bit that means people are going to be changing out of the final heat into the like second last heat like yeah it's going to make for much more enjoyable events in north america i think and on the touring pro thing will touring pro be a semifinal mm-hmm. or will they like part ways and whoever runs down under or whoever ran that Australian championship as a sanctional, like will one of those people actually step, step up as a semifinal organizer, Satorian pro can stay yes. Satorian pro because the Torian pro has been around for a long time and will still be around whether it's a semifinal or not. Mm-hmm. So to be seen, I guess. So all in all, I say thumbs up. How about you? Yeah, I, I got two thumbs up as well. So excited for it. Um, yeah, I've got like 100 days to get my double unders and wall walks in order. Um, so countdown's on. <laughs> so many, so many <laughs> skills. So many skills. But yeah. Okay, so that's our first podcast drop of From the Rack News. Um, hope you guys liked it. This is the stuff that we think... You should know if you're following Elite CrossFit. And From the Rack does have its own Instagram account um, to make things easier. So it is from.the.rack.news on Instagram. So we'll put it in the show notes so you can uh, link to it and follow it there um, to get kind of the the highlights um, as well there. Well, the highlights of the highlights of this show, but uh, the full rundown is um, on there as well as the From the Rack tab on the top of fantasyfitnessing.com. Yes, the From the Rack tab, just check it periodically. And hopefully we will capture everything so you don't miss it. Yeah. And, yeah. And if you have anything that we did miss, you can just uh, forward it, forward the post to us, or uh, hit us up at the DM, and we'll uh, make sure to capture it that way. Yeah, for sure. All right, we will um, do this again next week. So, see you until then. Mm-hmm.